I begin this episode by acknowledging the Ngunnawal and Ngambri people, the traditional custodians of the land I live on. I pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging, and I extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners of this podcast. Nisam Bulavanaka. Welcome to the Coconut Wireless Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Lardner. Got a really, really, really funny guest for you uh, this episode. It's a comedian by the name of James Mane. He's based in Hawaii over in the US. Uh, he is of Samoan descent and uh, he's just killing it over there. He's, he's as well as being a, a really successful stand-up comic, he's also been featured on TV uh, in the show Decca. Uh, with a recurring role there. Uh, that's uh, on Adult Swim, I believe, that show. And uh, he's also uh, got the claim to fame of being the first Samoan to have a, a, a featured uh, set, comedy set, on um, American national television. Uh, that was on uh, Amazon Prime and, uh, and again, Adult Swim as well. Uh, so I'm not sure if he's still the only, only someone uh, to have done that but he is certainly the first. So it's a huge honor. And um, as he, as you'll hear in the, in the chat, uh, he's very proud of that. And he, he, he's, he's very much about sort of uh, pioneering and, and trailblazing for, for people to, uh, to follow and, and do the same thing as him because, um, you know, he, he's, he's very much against stereotypes uh, that, that are out there uh, for you know, roles that uh, people think are better suited to uh, Polynesians and other Islanders. Uh, but no, he, he's he's a very passionate guy, very funny guy, very very intelligent guy, and uh, you're going to hear all of that in the uh, in the chat that we have. So, without further ado, here he is, James Mane. My guest today is the very funny James Mane. As well as being a hugely successful comedian and actor, he's also the first someone to do a featured set on American national TV uh, that was seen on. Uh, Amazon Prime, and also Adult Swim. Uh, James has been good enough to take time out of his busy schedule in his hometown of Hawaii to join me uh, on the Coconut Wireless podcast. James, thank you so much for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Um, just to kick us off, uh, obviously you're, you're, you're very successful and very well known, but for anyone who's not familiar with you, could you just give me a bit of, um, bit of background about yourself? Uh, well, as, as far as comedy goes, uh, I've been doing stand-up comedy for uh, about 13 years, uh, mainly here in Hawaii, but I have been able to uh, perform uh, up in the uh, um, uh, the mainland, as we call it, which is uh, uh, North America, United States. Um, and I, I've done some TV on Adult Swim. I played a character called Lenoy Arnold, who was... Uh, dubbed the unofficial king of Hawaii. Um, and it if you've ever seen that show, it's called Decker. Um, it's people see it and they don't they don't get the humor because they look <laughs> at it and say, this this looks trash. Like the actors don't even know their lines, but that's the that's the the joke. It's um it's supposed to look like it was it was shot poorly. It's supposed to look like nobody knows their lines and we just fumble through the series. Uh, and, and the people who follow it actually get it and, yeah. and think it's really funny. It, it was new to me. It was a group, um, uh, Tim Heidecker and Greg Turkington. Um, uh, Tim, who's from a, a hit show called uh, Tim and Eric. They do a lot of these oddball comedy shows and sketches. 
Um, and when I was brought on, I thought it was serious. And and you know, so I was, <laughs> my sister, who's an actor, I asked her, I said, hey, um, I got to learn lines. And she, she watched an episode. She's like, don't worry, you'll be fine. Just, just show <laughs> up. And so lucky for me, because I'm not really an actor as far as a, a trained thespian. Sure. Uh, so I'm an actor in that I was in things where acting was, you know, you get credits for acting, but sure. I'm not really an actor, actor, but um, uh, I'm also a podcaster. I've done podcasts uh, for years now, uh, on and off, um, which is why, you know, I'm, I'm really hoping that, you know, you, you you get that momentum and you run, you keep going with this. Thank um, you. I did on and off podcasting for like eight, eight, nine years. Mm -hmm. And consistency is the best advice I think one could get as far as podcasting. Um, you start to build momentum. And then when you stop, you lose all that momentum. You got to start all over. So I say be consistent. Um, so I'm an actor, podcaster, but mainly a stand-up comedian based out of Hawaii. Uh, do a lot of um, Islander humor, uh, Pacific mm -hmm. Islander humor. Um, I discuss uh, things like, um, you know, uh, uh, the way dad is the head of the household and mom is the, you know, and I, I poke fun at my mom and say, hey, you, you know, you're, you're, you're just the mom. You're not the head of the household. <laughs> and she likes to joke around. She says, oh, yeah, your dad's the, the head, but I'm the neck. I turn the head <laughs> in the direction I want it to go. And I'm, so, you know, and I think a lot of Polynesian uh, homes have that sure. back and forth. And that's why I think, you know, Polynesians are natural comedians. Right. And that we're very social. And in social events, we always try to have a good time by entertaining the other people. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So that's. I yeah, that's a lot, but that's me in a nutshell. No, that's good. Yeah, that's perfect. Thank you, um, brother. You, you're obviously you're doing shows right now, but you've also got the um, the average someone comedy tour coming up. Could you tell me a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm six foot seven and four hundred pounds. So you know, for Polynesians, you know, yeah. people that aren't familiar with Polynesians, they're like, "Whoa, that guy is huge." Yeah. <laughs> But for us, that's the average someone. So sure. um, being raised here in Hawaii, um, I grew up in an Asian neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So that's there's a lot of things in my life that, you know, the, the average Samoan didn't, wasn't exposed to in the 80s. I grew up in the 80s uh, and, and 90s. So I, I grew up uh, um, around Vietnamese, Filipino, Koreans sure. and learned their culture as much as my own culture and today have friends who I know more about the Japanese culture than my Japanese friends know about their own culture. Yeah. Wow. Well. Um, yeah. So, and then I uh, went to college in Buffalo, New York um, for, I guess for uh, people in Australia and um, that don't really know Buffalo, New York, it's, it, it snows from October to may or eight months <laughs> so eight months out of the years it's snowing and then it's a hundred degrees for the other three uh, other four months so you get so everything it's, yeah but it's going from hawaii to buffalo 
is a huge culture shock. Uh, I was, it was me and another um, uh, some uh, half Samoan, half Hawaiian guy. Mm -hmm. And it was just the two of us, the only Polynesians that were, that we knew of on campus and maybe even the, the city of Buffalo. So we yep. were like real minorities where people <laughs> would ask us, are you guys Puerto Rican? I guess Puerto Ricans have been the same. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they would say. <laughs> but um, um, the only Samoans that they knew of at this was in 92, 93 were wrestlers on uh, yep. um, WWE. Uh, I think it was in the 80s was the wild Samoans, Afa and Sika, and then there was uh, Yokozuna and, and, and um, all those wrestlers. So that's the only Samoans they knew. And then they look at us and we're like, you know, proper. Yeah. <laughs> we speak well. You know, yeah. they're looking at us like, you don't seem like the Samoans we know. Or yeah. like Samoans. Yeah. So with all of this going on in my life, um, like there is no, I'm not the typical, uh, stereotypical someone, definitely, but but I think that there are a lot of someones that are like myself, so I, I dubbed the, the comedy tour the average someone comedy tour. So I don't know yeah, what you think average is, but yeah, you know, this is me. I, I speak, I speak well, yeah, I'm educated, uh, funny. We, we don't all play uh, sports. I, yep. I used to. But we don't all play sports. We don't all do wrestling. We don't, you know, we don't all don't, uh, whatever the stereotype with security guard or yeah. uh, moving furniture or whatever you have. There's a lot of Samoans doing other things, you know? So yeah. that's how I came up with the name. Yeah, that's uh, actually, that leads into a uh, really, uh, really big point that I wanted to sort of uh, discuss with you. So, like, you're obviously a natural comedian and storyteller um and you found your comedy you found your calling sorry uh in comedy um and, and in doing that you're actually shattering some pretty unfortunate stereotypes about the roles that pacifica people uh like quote unquote normally do um like football players or bouncers or manual laborers etc right. um what 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 would you say what message would you send out to young islanders out there who they, they've got a plan for doing something out of the box but that yeah then they 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 maybe haven't got the support or the confidence to take that first step yet. Uh, it basically, uh, yeah, it would be tough because you, you're a trailblazer when you do that. Um, my sister who is an actress mm -hmm. and I would go and support, uh, she does more, uh, stage. Um, um, and she does some, uh, TV or movies, but mainly she's on, on the stage. And I would always go and support and people would say, you know, why do you always go? Well, one is my sister. So of course you support your, your family, yeah, but definitely. two, she, and there was another uh, gentleman, um, uh, Misa Tupo, who is half Samoan, half Tongan. And the two of them were the only two that I knew of here in Honolulu that were writing, directing and producing their own plays. And there was, these are all like, small uh, um not really theater theaters but you know small rooms where and i would go support because that's what's needed um yeah. for those that are, are trying to be you know get into fields that you don't see other samoans or or polynesians in understand you know 
that what you're doing is special. Uh, for me, being in, in Buffalo, New York, uh, during in, in 93, yeah. being the only uh, full Samoan there, anything I did, they would just say, oh, all Samoans do that. Yeah, right. So, okay. so it's, it's kind of like you're, you're representing, uh, you're an ambassador, even though you don't want to, you are. So it's, it, it is a lot of pressure. Uh, I turned that into, into comedy. Um, so that, that show that I was on, I was introduced as the first Samoan, uh, full Samoan to do uh, a feature stand-up comedy set on American television. Yeah. Uh, I came out and just improvised and said, oh, thanks a lot. You know, it's a lot of pressure, you know, so, you know, <laughs> so if, if I suck, no more Samoans ever again, right? Is that yeah, what you're right. saying? Yeah. And the crowd loved it because they knew that it was a lot of jokes to it, but it was a lot of pressure. There is a lot of pressure, but understand for those of you that are that are chasing that dream, that if it's if it comes easy or if it's comfortable, you know how 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 you know it can't be that special when you do sure. something uncomfortable when you when you, when they work hard for it and you you come out you know victorious or or whatever understand how special uh, you are and, and the things that you did um i would say for other uh people when you see someone doing something that nobody else is doing in that field and it's you know polynesian um or, or if there are other ethnicities that you want to support please be a supporter. And it doesn't mean, oh, I'll just buy their, their, you know, merchandise. No, it's, you show up, you know, you, you, you be there when they, when they have a show or, or, or yeah, definitely. you know, they're, they're giving a speech and, and show support, you know? Yeah. And since you reached out to me, I started listening to uh, your podcast oh, and you. I'm thinking, wait a minute, he's reaching down the bottom of the barrel for me because <laughs> Your other guests were amazing. I'm like, oh, that's, writers, that's very kind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got people who organize uh, events that, that have, and I'm like, man, I just tell weird stories on stages. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, uh, I'm very, very happy to have you on. <laughs> <laughs> but you have some really good guests on your show. And I was, I was like, wow, this, you know, this person is amazing. This person. I've been, um, I've been really lucky, bro. Yeah, to be honest. So yeah, no, um, yeah, very blessed. But thank you, thank you. That's that's nice to hear, uh, bro. You you um, I'm I'm really interested. But yeah, obviously, so I've I've followed um a lot of sort of comedians since I was a teenager. Um, and I've always had a lot of respect for um, yeah, you know, the the courage that it takes to be a stand up comedian or uh, any kind of comedian, um, to to because you're so vulnerable up there on stage. Uh, when when did you sort of take realize that you were going to take that step from being the funniest guy in your friendship circle or your family to actually making a career out of it and and, and becoming a stand up comedian? So I was that that kid in school that always got sent out of the classroom <laughs> because <laughs> it's it's something in me and maybe it's uh, um, my dad. My dad does it where you, he can watch something and and comment, yep, and, and point out things that are like really silly, and, and so it's something I picked up and learned yeah. and 
The difference is my dad had a filter and understood there's a place and time for everything. I was just blurting things out in class and got kicked out of class a lot. So the teacher was, hey, go outside, you know, to, to learn how to behave or whatever. And it's happened a lot um, uh, early on until I figured out, hey, maybe I shouldn't say these things out loud and just whisper to my friends. <laughs> and that helped me also to watch, observe, and then hold on to the funny thoughts until the time is appropriate, recess or after school. And then say, hey, you remember when such and such said this? Man, that was crazy. And then see them, their response and watch yeah. them laugh. And it was, I never, I was always a fan of stand-up comedy uh, as well. I just never thought it was something that I would pursue mm -hmm. until I got up on stage and gave it a shot. And the first initial laugh hit me and it was it was special and the, the next day it, um like so the, that first initial ha uh, laugh hit me and then i i froze and then i remembered where what was happening and i started to talk some more and got the last people came out to good job good job so it was more of an outer body experience for the rest of the night yeah but the next day when i was a city bus driver at the time I got to work and I'm driving my bus uh, from um, from the station to uh, the first stop to start my uh, my trip. Yeah. And I remember it hit me and I'm on I'm on the uh, driving on the road, not in service, nobody in the bus. And then I just started screaming like the adrenaline hit me. Like, <laughs> I can't believe I did that. Yeah. And it was at that moment I, I knew it was like I turned into a, a bus driver that does comedy into a comedian that drives the bus. Yeah. And I've always referred to myself as no matter what I did, because I also got into um, uh, working with computers, um, uh, help desk, and, and uh, always said that I'm a comedian that works here. Yeah. So always have, it's a lifestyle. You have the thoughts, you have, when I go to um, the fast food register or, or, or the supermarket um, cashier, and they they say something. I always try to find a way to either make them laugh, or make them think. Like what he said was just, it just <laughs> blew my mind, you know. And that's what it is. It's the reaction of the people, not necessarily the laughter. No. But the reaction of the person that, you know, the, the interaction. So even a lot of places that I go to, and and I start to think of like my childhood. Like my dad used to do this a lot, where. They call it dad jokes now. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he'll go to uh, um, like a McDonald's drive-through, and then he'll order a sandwich, and then they'll say, "Would you like some fries with that?" And he'll he always right after go, "Is it free?" You know, <laughs> <laughs> and then he'll be laughing, and I'm like, I notice that he does that with every interaction yeah. that he has with people, and I say, "Oh, that's I guess that's where I pick it up," and yeah. Um, but, and he's very quick and he's he's witty he's he's very smart um he was actually a uh, um um uh, worked for the representative in american samoa where he would go to uh, washington dc oh wow uh, and got yeah he got uh, street lights in um in our village in vaitongi and so seeing him and watching the way he reacts we, end, we eventually ended up working together at the city bus um yep. And there was a, a driver that gave me a, an invitation um, 
for her wedding and said, oh, here, give this to your father so uh, he and your mother can come to my, my wedding reception. Said, okay, I gave it to my dad the next day and my dad goes, oh, I'll just wait for the next one. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so he said, make sure you tell her I said that. And I did, and she slapped me. Of course, she was a Samoan yeah. woman. She slapped me, and then was, I started to think, like, I think this is where I get it from. My dad is, you know, that, yeah. you know, he spits out that witty, you know, uh, comment, and I think that's where I got it. And when when I make a comment, I see other people's reaction, and I I start to like crave it and, and yeah. you know, want it, and and the the bad thing is. My daughter, who's 19 now, I, I raised her um, since, she, you know, she was, I've been a single dad since she was four. Yeah. That's all, so that's great. Was, man. It's a huge accomplishment, man. Thanks. Yeah, she's, she's been around me a lot. So here's the bad part is that <laughs> she's picking it up. And so she gets sarcasm and <laughs> she starts to hang out with her friends and I have to tell her, you know, you shouldn't talk like this around your friends because they don't get it. Mm. It, it, it it's stuff like you know they're watching uh, um like some cartoon or or um uh, you know, D disney cartoon or something and she's like, yeah that can't be real there's no way that that person can do that <laughs> how does a person <laughs> jump over a house that's and then she's just going off and, and i'm like just enjoy it it's not <laughs> doing that <laughs> it's like, it's a curse. Trust me, you'll have zero friends. Yeah. Don't do this. <laughs> um, bro, you, you're um, you describe yourself, yeah, and you uh, you already touched on it as an observational comedian. Um, so naturally, your Samoan culture comes into a lot of your comedy, um, which I really love because even as a um, Fijian, like I find a lot of your jokes um, really relatable. Um, mm -hmm. How do you find those jokes travel outside of Hawaii, where there's like a, a Polynesian-rich sort of population? Um, do the wider audiences sort of respond to them well, or do they sort of are they, are they scared to laugh? Or well, you're right in that. So I gotta um, adjust my jokes according to the audience. Sure. So when I come out and I see what's here and. Uh, okay, this is a mostly um, a white audience, uh, American white audience. So the, and if it's from, let's say the Midwest, they probably they probably didn't come across a lot of Samoans. So a lot of the the jokes turn into relationships in the family. Yeah. So it's not so much that this is a Samoan dad doing it, but a dad doing it. Sure. Sure. A son doing it, and whereas when when I when I go to let's say California or or Nevada, which has large Polynesian communities, yeah, then I can I can the Samoan dad does this or Samoan son because they know the the stereotypes and they get the jokes. Sure. Um, so it's really on the comedian to adjust to what the audience, you know, what's in the audience. And right. I I do find it easier when there's a lot of polynesians in there sure um, the white audience white audiences for some reason except um polynesians something i learned when i went to buffalo new york and then i lived in pittsburgh pennsylvania um both of those cities in america 
was either black or white. There wasn't many Latinos or Asians. Mm -hmm. And I found myself being Polynesian, being accepted by obviously both sides, the black culture pretty much, you know, accepts everybody. And the white culture was the one that shocked me where I was accepted. And the way I found out I was accepted is they were talking bad about black people yeah. with me. Like I was oh, like I was okay. with them in this joke. And I said, well, that's weird. Is it because I'm from Hawaii or I'm Polynesian where, yeah. you know, they don't, we're not black. Yeah, that's not the type of acceptance uh, you really want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's weird, but then it's kind of like it's you know. So as I'm watching, I'm like, okay. So when I make fun of uh, of, of Polynesians, mm. it will be accepted because they're more open to it. If I sure. start make, if I make fun of, of black people in front of a white audience, then did you get that that uncomfortable feeling that yeah, you're saying yeah. where like, well, I'm not sure I'm supposed to laugh at that. Right. Um, so they kind of, yeah. But I, I obviously, I don't make any black jokes except for one. Right. Which is, I make fun of The Rock, Dwayne oh, Johnson. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he's half someone, half black. So sure. I can make fun of. Yeah. Yeah. Half that's, of, the, that's fair game. <laughs> <laughs> which I do. I make fun yeah. of The Rock a lot. Have you haven't met him yet? He hasn't heard about it? No, he has no. not. Um, <laughs> I know he's, he's he's on the island a lot, but yeah. he he has – and the joke goes something along the lines of – and I'll keep it clean. Sure. Uh, the reason he's working out a lot is, you know, it doesn't make him a better actor. He doesn't go, oh, look at my biceps. I, <laughs> now I can, I can act better than Robert De Niro. No. He's working out because – he's working out because he's trying to hook up with Kevin Hart. And- <laughs> That's why they're in so many movies together. He's trying to make his way. And I'm pretty sure the safe word in their relationship has to be Jumanji. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, uh, I like that. That's good. Um, I've, I've heard you speak about um, there's a, like a c- comedy fraternity where you know, a lot of comedians will help each other and it, it's not so much of a competition as... Um, yeah, you know, one does well, we all do well. Could you just talk a little bit about that? Because I hadn't sort of realized there was that connection. Yeah, it's funny though. It's it's usually depends on the level. So sure. the successful comics, uh, uh, you know, celebrities like uh, David Chappelle, Ronnie Chang, you know, uh, uh, all these people you see on TV and in movies. For them, it's not really a competition. Sure. Uh, and then when they come to visit, I've been blessed where I've, you know, I've been able to open for a lot of these comics and they've been very nice, very welcoming. It's the comics that are on the lower levels uh, that are at the open, the local open mics yeah. that are heavy competition. And I think it's, they're trying to break out sure. or they haven't figured out that each comedian is their own company. Because yeah. they have their own brand, their own style, and there's enough people to like all of all of our. You know, nobody goes. I don't like Eddie Murphy because I'm 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 a Dave Chappelle fan. Or, yeah. you know, nobody does that. We like all people who are funny, um, and I think when you become successful, you start to realize that. 
uh, or you're around um, successful comics. Mm -hmm. And I, I've noticed that they're, they're very welcoming. Uh, they give advice. Um, uh, Ronnie Cheng, who actually started in, in Australia, mm -hmm. um, came down to Hawaii to perform. And he's been a really good friend of mine and, and, and helped me out a lot. Oh, nice. Yeah. And so from them, the, all these comics, I'm like, if they're not heavy competition with each other, yeah. why are these low-level comics, which I was in, I'm not breaking out of, why are they just so competitive? And sure. Because they don't know. They, they think that we're all competing to get, you know, whatever hundreds of fans, when actually there's a globe that you want to appeal to. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, so that's yeah. Um, where no, I that's see awesome. the fraternity where... Hey, you're funny. Once, so like with David Chappelle, when I opened for him on Maui, he when when I met him, it was uh, cordial. Hi, nice to meet you. All right, you know, yada, yada. Real, real generic, but but sure. polite. Yeah. And then when I got off stage, he was different. He was like, "Man, that was really funny." Oh, hey, yada, yada. And he then he, he goes on to perform, comes back, uh, and he goes, "Hey, come into my uh, uh, receiving room. Let's, let's let's sit down and talk before." Before everybody else comes in, yeah, no way. That's cool. Yeah, so we're we're chatting. Uh, um, he he makes me a, a plate to eat. He, you know, he's making mixing me a drink, and I'm like, wow, this is yeah, wow. hell that's doing this. Mm -mm. And so it was kind of like the door was open for me. That's where I felt that fraternity. You know, like I'm I'm in this now. Yeah, definitely. Um, and. I've seen that with, with Ronnie Chang. I've seen that with Patton Oswalt. I've seen that with a lot of the comics that are, that are famous. And yeah, I, I I've never heard any negativity from any of them. And sure. that's where I'm, I'm starting. I start to see is like, there is a fraternity, you know, you know, that they help each other out. If they got any advice as far as jokes, which um, Louis Anderson, uh, who, who passed um, a couple of years ago, offered me, you know, to help, with writing my jokes. Oh, wow. Yeah, it never came around because I don't know about other comics, uh, like that level, they have writers. Sure. Um, for me, who's still trying to find my identity at that time, uh, when I met him uh, five or six years ago, I knew that I had to write my own jokes because it has to be about myself so that Definitely. the material is unique to me. Nobody can, you know, steal... And like Louis Anderson won't be up there. Like so, my my Samoan mom and yeah, uh, <laughs> and he couldn't write stuff for me to perform like that. So Definitely. yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's good. Um, look, I, as well as your 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 um your live comedy, you also release some um like comedy videos and stuff on your social media. How how do you find that where you're you you're sort of doing the whole performance? And then sending it out, and there's that sort of delayed audience reaction um, rather than when you're performing live and you get that instant laughter. Is is it a bit sort of um, daunting for you um, having to sort of do the comedy, package it up, and then send it out, and and you're not sure whether or not it's it's hitting immediately? Yeah. Um, so there's nothing like performing live uh, in front of people and getting the instant reaction uh, that. And the adrenaline rush is, you know, insane. Um, uh, when they're doing, uh, when you're putting together a, a sketch, 
Yeah, you kind of like um, so the recently one, the one I recently did was um, um, uh, things you don't do in a Samoan house. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because I made uh, it's a total of five small sketches, like five second sketches that are uh, combined. But when I did the first one, I was like, oh, I don't know if this is funny. I, so I did two more. I was like, oh, let me put them. Let me put them together. I yeah. Like, oh, I don't know. Uh, Maybe maybe I need another. So I did four, and I was like, "Wait a minute, odd number is the comedy number." So I'll do five, and then I was like, oh, "I don't know." So I sent it to my daughter. I was like, "Do you think yeah. this is funny?" I showed my sister. Do you think it's funny? And it, it it's just so much anxiety. Sure. It was like I don't know if this is funny, and then when you post it, and then then you yeah. So like, it didn't, maybe like an hour later, you start seeing the likes and the comments. Yeah, yeah. And, okay it is funny because i was worried yeah but no then, I've, I've seen that and yeah trust me that's funny <laughs> yeah because yeah, it's relatable to really anybody it's just that i have to put someone because that's who i am sure but but really it's anybody can relate to it. it's funny because oh, the one of them a lot of people have, have, have reached out to me say i don't get the phone bit which is <laughs> and I said, oh, it's because you didn't grow up in the 80s. Or the yeah. 70s. I, was born, yeah. I was born in 75. So yeah. back in our days, when the, when the thunder, when the lightning was rolling around, we turned all the electricity off and sat in the house in the dark. Yeah. I was like, Why? I was like, because the lightning, at, we all thought in those days, yeah. the lightning could come through the socket and electrocute you. And, and like, everyone heard that story, right? Like, I, I had that growing up where when, when there was a storm, like, and you couldn't go in the same room as the phone because, like, my mom knew a friend of a friend who had died that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's what it is. And they didn't get it. I said, well, because the phone is copper wires. So <laughs> if, it hits, if it hits the pole outside, it's coming in the house. And my friend who's, like, in his uh, uh, mid-30s is like, I've never heard that before. <laughs> I said so that that joke was for the older folks, so yeah. I didn't get it too bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just this is a bit sort of left field, but I did want to um ask. Um, I saw a, a clip or a photo of you in an Oregon Ducks football shirt. Are you a Ducks fan? Uh, actually, I am not. I don't. I don't hate the Oregon Ducks. Sure. Uh, it's my daughter, who's a soccer player. We traveled a lot and. Uh, she played soccer a couple, um, couple years. This is when she was like 10, 10 years old to 15 years old. Mm -hmm. And we, she played twice in an Oregon tournament, Oregon tournament. And while we were there, we bought shirts. Just oh, so nice. happens, that's the only shirt of the other. We've been to Idaho. We've been to Oregon. We've been to Nevada. We've been California. That's the only place where I found my size shirt. Oh, there you go. So that's the reason I have. And when I find my size shirt, I will rock that shirt. Yeah, I will like, yeah, hey, thank you to these, these people <laughs> for making sure it's my size. Yeah, no, that's good. No, I only ask because the um, I'm, oh, yeah, obviously growing up in Australia, I don't have, yeah, you know, I, I don't really have a um, a college football team, but I latched onto the Ducks because of the um, the Sewell family, who the um, is a someone. Uh, family of, uh, I think there's three or four brothers, and uh, mm -hmm. Panay is the oldest. He, he's in the NFL now, and yeah, I, 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 I saw um, I saw a video of him on draft day, and just ha yeah, him with the family and the, yeah, his whole Samoan family all coming together, and 
And um, yeah, it was very relatable. Uh, and so yeah, when I saw you saw you in a Ducks shirt, I was like, oh yes, that's my guy. Um, but yeah, no, that's I'm I'm the same way. If I find a um, I've I've grown out of the uh, the XLs now. I'm I'm pushing sort of three XL. Um, and so I'm the same way. If I find something that fits, um, it's it's workwear, it's social wear. I'm wearing it around the house. It's everything. Yeah, also uh, I cheered for I cheered for the the Ducks when Marcus uh, Mariota was there, right. and they do have a lot of a lot of uh, polys that go through there, yeah. and so I, that's why I say I don't hate Oregon, but I don't really yeah. have a favorite college team. Sure, I just cheer, you know, for players. Yeah, definitely. That's cool, um, brother. You've been really, really um, generous with your time. I, I won't I won't keep you too much longer. Um, People listening to this who who um, like what you've got to say and want to follow you a bit more, uh, how can they find you? Yes, yeah, so on um, I have a website, comedianjamesmane.com. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram, uh, yes, TikTok, um, uh, what else, uh, Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also on Twitter, but Twitter is James underscore Mane, and Mane is spelled M-A-N-E. Um, I... I'm trying to connect with a lot of the um, Polynesian culture sure. um, in, in South Pacific, Australia, New Zealand, uh, and some of my best friends that have come through. And that's why when we were texting yeah. and you put sweet as, and I was yeah. like, <laughs> he's Kiwi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like the only person I knew who would say that was from yeah. South Auckland. Well, that's where I got it. Yeah. Yeah, see, and I was like, oh, and he would say stuff like, uh, which I think we used to say when we were kids, choice. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny because because of him, we met in uh, 98, 99. I got into becoming a, a I wouldn't say rugby fan because I'm comparing myself to you guys, you know, right. rugby, uh, uh, even footy. You know, it's like I will watch it and I'll enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was blessed that I got into watching world rugby, mainly the Tri Nations. Yeah. At a time when Jonah Lomu was still playing. Oh my God! Yeah. And like so many kids today, because uh, rugby is growing here um, yeah. in, in the states because of uh, the success with the the, the teams, uh, the Polynesian teams that they're having in the world. Right. Um, a lot of these guys, I'm t- I'm telling them. Go YouTube Jonah Lomu. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and comparison for for Americans, that's like Michael Jordan. Yeah. If he was playing rugby, this guy is insane. Yeah. Well, he he like professionalized the game. Like we're we're, we're talking like players getting their own sponsorships and stuff. He was the first one. So that's yeah. No, that's a fair comparison. Um, he'd be like our MJ. Yeah. The only the only issue I had with Jonah Lomu was the haircut. Oh man, yeah, yeah, and and then and then every every uh, every Tongan kid, especially, was rocking that little like shark fin haircut he had. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then you'd see one like one would like bleach it, and you're like, no, 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 you you've gone too far. Like that's that's too much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but amazing, amazing player. Definitely, definitely, yeah. Um, bro, thank you so much, man. I, I really appreciate it. Um, for the listeners, uh, please follow uh, James Money. We're gonna, I'm gonna uh, link all those um, social media and website uh, details in the show notes for this uh, for this show. Uh, so just just follow him there, uh, man. Thank you so much, and and uh, good luck with uh, with all the shows coming up. Thank you for having me. 
Yeah, thank you, bro. Okay, and that was my chat with James Money. Uh, as I said, really, really funny guy, really intelligent, um, incredibly humble, possibly too humble. <laughs> the way he uh, referred to him there is the bottom of the barrel uh, guest. He, he's not at all. Uh, you know, he's just fantastic and um, certainly someone I really, really enjoy talking to. And he, he's been uh, really, really supportive of this podcast. Um, I'm releasing this episode a little bit after uh, the, the, the recording, a few days after we actually recorded it. Um, and before we even spoke and then directly after, James was uh, really like sharing the podcast and, and pushing my, my, my social media across his avenues, which is amazing because um, – I'm, I'm really lucky to have a, a little bit of a following on social media, but obviously him with you know, the work he's done, he's got a far, far, far bigger reach than I do. And for him to take the time to, to promote uh, my podcast after um, already giving me the time that he, that he has coming on as a guest has been fantastic. So um, really, really uh, encourage everyone to please follow him if you're not already on the social media. Uh, I'll link all those, as I said, I'll link all of all, all of his social media accounts and his webpage in the show notes for this episode. So just wherever you're listening to this, just check out the notes and, and you'll see the links there. Um, also, any, any, well, no, we do have some American listeners, which I'm really, really happy about. Anyone who's in Maui or even if you're from Australia, New Zealand, the islands, and you're in Maui on holiday in May, um, bit of a treat. Get over to the Playground Maui. That's the name of the venue on May the 7th, where James is kicking off his average Samoan comedy tour. That's the first show, I'm pretty sure. Um, so that's May 7th. Doors opening at 5 p.m. for a 6 p.m. kickoff. I would uh, I, I would advise that everyone buy tickets beforehand. Don't try to buy tickets on the door on the night because his last couple of shows have actually sold out. Um, so just to avoid any... Um, any possible disappointment, just get those tickets beforehand. Otherwise, you, you know, you, you might rock up on the night and, and have to uh, have to pay three times as much uh, for a ticket from some scalper, which would still be a bargain because uh, he, you know, he puts on a good show. I've, I've, I've watched, uh, I've, you know, in preparation for this, I've watched a few of his uh, stand-up uh, routines and, yeah, he's an absolute riot. He's, he's, so, he's so good. So um, get out to that one if you, if you can. Otherwise, just follow him on social media. He, he puts a lot of really good content up there. And, um, yeah, just keep an eye on him. Hopefully he comes to uh, your neck of the woods, wherever you are, and, and, and get out there and, and support him because he's a good guy. Uh, he deserves it. And he's, yeah, as I said, been really supportive of me. And um, and that's something I really appreciate. Uh, just wrapping up, as I always say, please, uh, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast and uh, rate it. Five stars would be great. Uh, that's the the way that the the metrics on on the on the podcast platforms work. The higher my rating, the more visible it gets. Like it's higher up the 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 likelihood of people sort of seeing it when they search for certain things. Um, so that that'd be fantastic. Uh, I know a few of you have already done that, which I really appreciate. So thank you very much. And last of all, just want to say um, thank you to everyone who's been reaching out to me. Uh, messaging me on social media. I uh, had a few emails as well. Uh, just very, very uh, constructive, really supportive uh, comments. Uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah, you know, I, I spend when I'm not sort of actively talking to guests, I'm sort of sitting here by myself and it can be kind of lonely 
So it's it's actually really nice to have those uh, those those short messages and yeah, some of them are longer and that's good too. But uh, yeah, even just the uh, good episode, um, enjoyed it. Like those kind of messages that 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 makes a big difference. So thank you very much. Um, big month coming up, guest wise. We've got um, a lot of really really exciting guests coming on. Uh, so just uh, keep an eye on my socials and you'll uh, you'll stay up to date with uh, with episode drops. But apart from that, um, just make sure you're good to yourselves, good to each other, and I'll uh, I'll catch you soon. Thank you.